So uh, uh, why is China uh, different from the West, right? The approach I'm talking about, right? It's very clear. Mm. It is guided by different values, mm. right? The values are the one that they prioritizes, right? Life's comforts, mm, mm, mm. right? Yeah, all these things can wait, right? So now, how are they going to restart the whole engine? They have actually done something. Mm. They have released a lot of... Uh, Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www firl.co slash f-r-e-e or www.firo.co slash free hello guys welcome back to the fire podcast best place for long-term stock investors today we have two special guests um mr scott and mr derrick of omni capital we're gonna ask about what's omni capital mm -hmm. a bit later on but you know welcome to the podcast and thank you for making all the way here Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So pleasure. they color coded, you know. You realize? Yeah, that? yeah. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. you color code with them. Yeah, so. I color coded them. <laughs> I'm the only. I'm the odd one out. <laughs> no, yeah. this is uh, you know, sub. You know, the fashion sub. Yeah. Only black yeah. and white only one. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> uh, what's what's the word again? Uh, what's the word? Minimalist. 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 Right. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. But anyway, uh, you know, we always start off the pod right, asking about you know life before whatever you're doing now, right? Sure. So maybe let's start with Scott, right? Um, how do you get into the investment field? Sure. Yeah, I graduated in 1993 mm -hmm. and I came back uh, at the end. Mm -hmm. And I came back is because, you know, uh, for the family, of mm -hmm. course, yeah, for mm -hmm. the family. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I was studying business and uh, specializing in the investment in mm -hmm. the States. So uh, when when I was in the States, I had a very special field trip mm -hmm. because it was in the investment club. I see, know? okay. Yeah, so I joined the club and then uh, they brought us you know, to a few really fantastic places like the Goldman Sachs, mm. the Morgan Stanley. You know? So that's when I got hold of what is a money manager all about. Yeah, so I got to understand the industry more and uh, I was hoping that I was able to find something similar in Malaysia. I see. Yeah, but uh, when I came out uh, in 1994, started looking for a job, uh, I was disappointed, you know. The first job uh, that I got interviewed for was a stockbroking firm. Mm. Mm. And at that time, it was a bull market in 1993. Yes, yes. It was a go-go year. Yeah, right? it was a fantastic year for all the, all the brokers. And the uh, brokers, uh, were busy hiring everybody. You know, they were splashing their ads all over. And uh, however, they pay peanuts. Huh. Mm. Yeah, at that time, uh, 1994, they only pay something like a thousand ringgit per month hmm. for the new graduates. Mm -hmm. For few and finance, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I asked them, well, what is the job that I'm supposed to do? They say, oh, uh, we are full of uh, paperwork. <laughs> So stash and stash of scripts, all those uh? scripts. Yeah. 
So eventually they say, oh, uh, we'll pay you. Don't worry, you know, we'll pay you three years of a uh, bonus. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that was the boom year at that time. Yeah, but peanuts at the you know at the Base, basic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, then at the back they will give you back some. But you work twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, but then that is not the job I wanted. Mm. Right. Because it is not a investment job. Mm. It's just stockbroking job. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, eventually, I continued to look for a job. It took me about I think three months. I think. Yeah. And uh, one day I saw an ad running. Said that it's an investment boutique firm. Mm. Okay. Just newly opened in 1994. And uh, when I saw that. I saw the address come with it, mm. so I couldn't wait. Mm. So I, I I brought my CV all the way to see the CEO. Yeah, and I gave it to him. Say I want this job. Mm. Yeah. So I always believe in you know taking the initiative. initiative. Yep, yeah. Yep. To go and do something, look for something what you want. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the job, and he hired me. Mm. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, luck. I think there's a lot of luck in it. Yeah. Because uh, that is the first boutique investment firm. In Malaysia, in Malaysia, yeah, Fim Asset Management. <laughs> yes, Doctor Tan, Tan Chongkui. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's how I got to know him uh, uh, on the meeting, and then he has a short interview with me, and then subsequently, uh, and he just opened shop. You mm. know, yeah, there were only two of them, the two directors, and plus one uh, admin person. So I'm the first uh, investment uh, executive that they hired. I see. Wow. Yeah, I was very lucky. History. Yeah. History. That was a history. Employee, uh, employee zero zero two. After that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that set me off on my career, uh, and uh, uh, I was there for two and a half years. I see. Yeah. Right. So uh, as an investment executive, you basically do lots of research, right? Yeah. So everything uh, landed on the table on your lab. You just got to do. Mm, yeah. And uh, and it was like a very very. I think the hardest working life I ever had right? mm. for the first two and a half years. It was the learning curve is so steep, mm. you know. Okay. And uh, and basically, I'm so eager to learn. That's right. why anything come along, I just go for it. Right. Yeah. So I would say that it, uh, that, that that is well spent the two and a half years. Right? And it was mm. mainly in the public markets as well, right? Oh or yes, uh, they only do public, public markets. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Doctor Tan only uh, only do public equity. I see. I, I see. I, I will ask a little bit about that learning curve. I'm very mm. interested to know, but sure. uh, I need to ask Derek now. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you get started in investments? Um, when I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. um, I was actually influenced by my uncle, okay. who was a stockbroker in Taiwan I at see. that time. Yeah. But then after he retired, then he went to uh, Dalian, China. Mm. Then uh, he told me, uh, "You should come over to China." Uh, uh, when I was 15, alone. Yeah, so I went there alone and then he taught me everything about the stock market right. in China. And then since then, I'm, you know, I'm actually interested. So I decided to, uh, went to university, actually uh, in Miri, mm. Kertin Sarwa. Mm. Ah, yeah. okay, okay, uh, okay. For my foundation and my first year. Then mm. I went to uh, uh, Australia for uh, Kertin as well mm. uh, at Perth. And then uh, lastly, I went to uh, China, Nottingham, I for see. my master in, I see. In, in science. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. In finance science and investment. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. MSc. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and how long ago was it since that that trip when you were fifteen to to China? Uh, how long? Oh, he, how long ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
I, I believe it's 2005. Uh. I see. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So about 17. Yeah, 17 yeah. years. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I stayed there for like three months. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? What? Why do you think your uncle actually? Hey, Derek, come here. Was it? Was it because he felt that you had this? grip or interest into the stock market or was it like just a chance of random hey my nephew um i think he's someone like scott quite alike too right. yeah where um he likes to think big picture okay he went to china 30 years ago i see when china was not really he was a malaysian uh, he, he was a malaysian yeah, i yeah, see yeah, yeah he's malaysian uh, uh -huh. but he went to uh china 30 years ago and then uh, until 50, then he, he already retired because he see the trend of China. I see. So he went there, you know, uh, work hard and then uh, finally, you know, retire and all that. And then he's trying to um, pass on something. I see. To the next generation. Yeah. But he don't really have any kids ah. because he was actually very, uh, you know, into the work and all that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So he did so have a, fam he had uh, a family. Yeah, no, he has a wife. I see, but no yeah, kids, lah. No kids, yeah. I see. Because so of the work and all that business, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's why he treated me as a right like, son, lah. Like, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so he just passed on whatever yeah. he wants to. Actually, that. I want to peel a little bit on Scott because yeah. yours was you had an inspiration and an uncle, but for Scott, yeah. why did you even study? Finance. finance was it was there a role model i mean most kids <laughs> your age right would be like an engineer a doctor a Explore, lawyer yeah. or, you know yeah. well, why finance was there a role model in your life that made you no pick? actually my family comes from business background i see yeah so there was never an investment person in the family uh -huh. uh, but the i think the whole inspiration came when i was studying in the u.s i see yeah I, up to the point of junior college, I was studying in Singapore. By ah, way. oh, you and yeah, JC? Yeah, okay. I was, uh, you know, I started studying in a Mandarin school here, I primary see. school. Mm -hmm. And I went to Singapore to study uh, from my secondary junior right. college and the NUS. Mm. And before that, uh, before I finished there, I, I went to the, you know, US for the for the That's completion right. of the graduate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the whole thing was that uh, I never wanted uh, to do investment in my junior pick, years. Yeah, but why pick but finance? It's just that, <laughs> it's just that, that that inspiration came the moment when I was doing the investment club thing. Uh -huh. Suddenly, I really find that that's the job mm. I wanted. I see. Because it gave me the kind of, uh, you know, the uh, forever learning journey yep. that yep. I will be in, you know. Mm. Because in the in the investment, they are not short of things to, to learn. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, until the day you die, you exactly. know, the things are still changing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, so that is what I learned for the last 28 years of my career, mm. right? Yeah, except there was a one uh, period of time where I really feel that I was slowing down. I see. Huh. Yeah, yeah. That was because when the, uh, you know, I feel that Malaysian market was already, you know, coming to a standstill. That was real that I stopped learning. Mm. That's I, I became a bit restless at that time. I see. Yeah. So come back to your question that that inspiration came when I was in the investment club in the US. Great. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna reserve mm. this question to the end mm. about your legacy and what you what you think mm. uh, can inspire more people to actually come into this field mm. and also where do you think is lacking, but that a little yep. bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I mean staying on Scott, right? Um you mentioned that there was this learning curve, mm. right? And I hear Derek say that you are, to use his words, a big picture investor. Mm. So that's very interesting. Mm. So I want to understand, right? Through that, how has the evolution been like for you as an investor? And what would you say is your mm. style of investing right now? Sure, yeah. Um, when I started out in the career uh, in the 1990s, uh, Malaysian 
market was still considered, you know, it's up and coming, emerging, mm. one of the hottest. Asian right? tiger. Yeah. In fact, most of my friends who were in the US thought that I became a super, super, super fund manager when I came <laughs> back. You know, you say, wow, you know, you must be making tons of money because market is so hot, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did tell them, say that, yeah, it's a very hot market and very, you know, uh, 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 sought after job yeah. for most people. Yeah. yeah. Um, my style of investment is very clear. When mm. I started out, you have to start out from the basic. So you are mis- basically a micro person. So you start learning the investment through understanding the companies, right? Mm. You do lots of research. Yeah. So you go on, gone through all the investment processes, right? Yeah. Of, uh, you know, the methodology, the philosophy. Uh, I'm lucky because I had the best fund manager, right? Yeah. I was working with him. And he basically, one thing about Dr. Tando, uh, not to take, talk bad about him, but <laughs> he's not a person that will sit down and teach you, guide you, uh, A, B, right. C, D, E, you know? Is his the tough love kind of teaching? No, he, no, sh- no, he no, always no, say that, love, uh. you should pay me to learn from me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is a really, really, he's still my mentor today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. But through observation of his investing uh, life alone, mm you get so much of it, mm. right? Right, Yeah, because you're seeing the best fund manager at work, right? Yeah, right. You, you just like if you were to have a chance to work with Warren Buffett, yeah, wow, yeah. I yeah. think that you will pay him, right? Yeah, right. yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, of course, he's a Warren Buffett of Asia, as what people claim now yeah, he yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, for him, uh, uh, the two and a half years, you really see how he picks stocks, right? His, uh, uh, his motto is uh, in the investment is that, never be fully invested at all times. Yes, correct. Yeah. So what he want to tell uh, the investors is that you could be wrong, right? Market may not be always on a smooth sailing. So it's always good to have that just in case, you know, that waiting of cash mm. that can be deployed, you know, when the time comes. So when you have a cr- crash, I right. mean, we have seen enough crashes <laughs> of the last 20 years now. Yeah, Don't right, even yeah. say 20 years, uh, the past three years, enough crashes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A baptism of fire so, for a lot new. So yeah. you can see that exactly, you know, uh, so important that you you must be able to, to see things from a macro way, right? Yeah. So I learned from him how he actually, you know, uh, maneuver during the those volatility and uh, he how he uses, you know, the greed and the fear Right to his best advantage mm. in the market volatilities. Right. Yeah. So as a young person who, of course, you know, I, I I'm not like those uh, young people who were inspired when they were so young. Yeah. But I saw it straight from my eyes first time. Mm. The best of the best. Yeah. So I was lucky in that sense because I was like a clean slate. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, a slate. Uh, you know. So I I don't have a. Uh, any prior uh, misteaching or anything like that. Yep, so, yep. so I got the best. He was a sort of like a value investor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Doctor Tan was a, a value investor, but uh, he uh, he is more than value investor sometimes, of course, right? So he knows how to uh, uh, let the shares run ah. when the when he sees the momentum, right? When he sees the market is going up, he let it run. But when market come down, he will buy on the way down, mm. right? Yeah, of course, nobody is perfect, can spot the bottom of the market. Yeah, of course. But we can feel it more or less when it's near to the bottom, 
right? Yeah, when there's value, mm. right? Yeah. So value investing still is the is the guidance on how to pick stocks and everything. Uh, uh, but I, of course, you know, I, I this is what I, the best of him that I pick up from him. But since then, of course, I have a. Uh, Put in my own yeah. way of investing style. What is your version? It'd be very interesting. To uh, as at now, yeah, I think I move away from value investing. Okay. Yeah, I think I've moved away from not say I don't see the good of value investing now. Of course, you know you still got to do your studies of the valuation of the company. You know the 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 the, the, the kind of uh, you know the growth potential and everything. But macro has become very important. Okay. Right, yeah. Because macro uh, represents the direction of a market, mm. of a country, of the world now. Right, yeah. If, the, if you cannot sense the macro direction, the likelihood is that you will put your money to work at the wrong time, at the wrong place. Interesting. Yeah. So macro investing has to be the top down that is actually is so important. It's a strategy. Is the you know strategies way of uh, uh, putting the 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 the, the, the allocation the allocation as, a, as, a as a allocation, allocation. yeah right exactly just to peel back a little mm. bit on that uh, philosophy uh, Scott mm-hmm. for someone starting out uh, let's just say Derek probably fifteen years ago mm. would it be advisable for him to start with a top down approach or will you still think that a bottoms up approach only when you reach a certain level of experience or maturity then you then you always bottoms up okay always okay why is that so uh very simple Mm. because as a new person a newbie in the industry you do you have not put all the dots together right so you can't have a very very strong macro feel Mm. right yeah so you need to start from the bottom Mm. when you gone through all the basics you, you you put all these dots together then you that that sense of macro will yeah. come in mm. naturally mm. yeah okay uh, i did ask miss dr tan actually uh, uh because i always feel that i should get uh, your opinion you mm. know even before i, l- I leave the company at that time i said well for the two and a half years what do you think is my strength he said your gut feel is very strong ah. he said you got a very good gut feel yeah that is far how i feel over the years, is yes, it's true. That mm. I, of course, as a young person, I may not know myself best. Mm. Okay. So, this is his parting words to me that you know you actually have a gut feel. Mm. You know how to feel the market. Yeah. So that is something which I think that I carry until today, and I can certainly say that that's my strength. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have to go to to Derek now. Yeah. Uh, I, I have so many questions about the gut feel, but <laughs> yeah. you know, just hold your guts. You know? okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek. So like, how you say you know? Obviously, you're younger, but how would you have describe your evolution right now? Where are you at in the investment methodology, philosophy, things like that? I think I'm at the stage where I'm the younger self of Scott at that point of time. Mm. I see. Yeah. So uh, clean sheet, and then uh, he just taught me everything from micro and then uh, go out a little bit on the macro. But of course, in terms of strategy, uh, he's the one that uh, still in charge of. Right. Yeah. So um, for me, um, other than uh, this is what we call the team, like what yep. we should look at. Yeah. So Scott might allocate uh, the three region that we should focus on, right. which is China, past ASEAN and US. So within that, I need to find out what is the key trends of the country. 
then from there uh, I get deep dive into what markets uh, what companies to look into yeah right yeah so, so that's my focus. even as a micro investors because we also interview a lot of micro investors mm-hmm. um, they also have different styles right so how you describe the way you look like if I give you mm-hmm. the company's documents and all the public information and all that what mm. what do you look first what do you think is good what do you think is bad things like that um, I think um, because we have a strategy called hedging mm-hmm. yeah so um, that is a combination of the uh, long and short as well. So um, other than identifying the company that is good, you know, mm. for value, uh, but we also pay attention to those that um, uh, have the uh, potential that may not be in the value yet, according to value, which is making losses or whatever. Right. But there's still a momentum there. So I'm like a combination of like uh, momentum and value. I see. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, so if you look at the uh, formula of like the P ratio, right? If you look at the P only equals to the um, uh, the earning per share times the P ratio, right? So the earning per share is something like more like fundamentals to me, okay. and then the P is something valuation. We talk about the um, uh, the valuation as in uh, maybe you see some some frenzy going on or I not, see. you know, or there's a value for or not. Yeah. So I use this combination, but of course the macro side, uh, Scott is the one that. Uh, you know, strategy side, we're in charge. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. Okay. So. So I'm blend <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's a it's a tech team, right? Actually. A tech team, consumption team. Right. Yeah. Healthcare as well. Yeah. So, so see, thanks for sharing that. Now, now that I know that you all do, so uh, you all have a long shot portfolio, mm. right? Essentially, mm. what do you all um do you all have a, a rule or philosophy of let's like market neutrality? Uh, that the term where basically at at any one point in time, the amount of the value of your shorts should be yeah, the same as the value long. of your longs. Or you all play around with your night exposures every now and then. Mm. Well, uh, depending on whether how bullish or bearish you are. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Right. Yeah. Of course, natural long will be that you just hold all the stocks that yeah, you have. Correct. Correct. Right. Or, or any of the other asset classes that you have. Mm. Uh, of course, to hedge it, that means that you either your you can be just slightly hatch, mm. fully hatch, or mm. over hatch. Yes. Right. Yeah. So if you are like, for example, you know, uh, let's say six months ago, I was turning very bearish on the market. Right. Yeah. I was telling uh, Derek, in order to let you see the degree of this bear market, you know, on you can fully hatch it or even beyond hatch it. Right. Yeah. So that means you can turn net short yes. on the short, portfolio. Yeah. yeah. I said this is allowed to me. Mm. But if I'm actually at the job of uh, in a, as a fund manager, you know, like my previous life, I would never get to do it. Yeah. Mm. No opportunity. No right? opportunity. You know, I was telling him that uh, uh, for my 20 something years, uh, uh, you know, of, of the investment life, the first about 20 years, uh, that was when I was a fund manager. When we, when we saw the bear market coming, we, sometimes we can only stare at it because we need to have a certain exposure that we cannot even take off the table, mm. yep. right? Yeah, minimum is 70%. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, if I were to fight for it, I have to go all the way to the board, yeah. to the investment committee and tell them, I want to cut it down further or even, you know, hold all cash, that kind of thing. Mm. But then they will ask, you know, what makes you so sure that you are not wrong? So at the end, we give up, you know, we just go with the compliance, you know, <laughs> and say, okay, we don't want to fight until th- that. We just go with the mandate. Yeah, so I find that over the time, uh, that kind of uh, bureaucracy or you know or the restriction constraint becoming hindering uh, my performance. 
right? Yeah, you know, I could have be a much better performer if I have my own way of uh, hedging than just accepting the fact that right. the mandate cannot be changed, cannot be challenged. So, yeah. yeah, so that's, that, that's the pain of it. That's very interesting because mm. if you look at, okay, mm. I've got two follow-up questions and mm. it's related. One is the first one is to market structure. The other one is the fund structure. So mm. in, in Malaysia, mm. there's not much instruments for you to short. True. Yeah, only the futures. Only futures or maybe warrants. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in markets like this, how can your strategy play out or you avoid markets where there is no uh, tools or opportunities for you to short if you want to be in a net short position? Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was the fund manager at that time, yeah. I basically have no other option, only futures. Mm. There was not even warrants at that time that I can mm. short. Mm. Right. Yeah. So uh, and at that time also, the futures are very thinly traded. Uh, you liquidity. can't even hedge liquidity. it. Yeah. No liquidity for you to hedge. Yeah. So basically every single fund manager in town is long only, mm. right? Mm. They are only doing long only. Yeah. And uh, like you say, the market structure and whatever, you know, so we are held hostage. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Second thing is uh, related to your earlier statement is about the fund structure itself because mm. here you are, you have, you have your IC, your investment committee, and mm. at the same time, you also held hostage if it's an open-end fund when people want to withdraw. Mm. Because let's just say if it's a uh, unit trust or whatever, mar markets, when markets turn bearish, that's where you get your highest exemptions, uh, your withdrawal rates and all that kind of thing. Like redemption, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Redemption. Redemption. So mm. what are your thought process in structuring your fund to be able to give, you know, direct those kind of opportunities that, wow, you can be net short or mm -hmm. you can, you go, you, you, is it better to do it close-end or do you think it's uh -huh. possible in an open-end structure or do you, do you come up with a hybrid structure that you have? What, what do you think? Maybe yeah. your, your thoughts or Derek's thoughts about how do you structure your fund to be able to allow that kind of wiggle room? Yeah, you see that uh, um, in, the, in the old days when I was the fund manager from 1990s to the early 2000, mm. uh, basically uh, the blue chips underperform, right? But the best performance come from the mid cap and the right. small sometimes cap. even small cap. Yeah. yeah. So what we did was that we were held hostage again, you know, because if we were to benchmark against the KLCI, mm. then you know that 70% of the benchmark are in the blue chips, mm. right? Yeah. And then the other 30% are the mid and small cap stocks. And uh, eventually uh, we went for that risk. Right, we, 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 we do not want to be contained by this uh, benchmark risk, right? Uh, that uh, we are willing to off tangent. We are willing to go off that. And we bought a lot into the small cap and the big cap. Uh, sorry, the mid cap, right? And that is making up for the risk that we're taking mm. uh, on the benchmark, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. However, not all times it can be that uh, easy. Yeah, because uh, uh, when you capture the the market correct in the right direction, you make more than enough to pay to compensate for all the risks that you mentioned. Oh. So let's say that if I were to buy the small and the big cap and the mid cap, and I make let's say double the uh, the, the the benchmark, okay. right? Yeah, that is good enough to take in all those liquidity risks that you ah, mentioned just now. So just in case somebody 
and say that, oh, I want to withdraw because you perform so well, mm. right? Yeah, so so be it because we will be able to take the profit on those performance and pay them. I see. Yeah, so that is still uh, okay at that point of time. Mm. But I believe market has changed a lot over the last 10 years or so. Mm. Market right. in Malaysia has become so incredibly illiquid, mm. right? Yeah, the big cap are totally not performing <laughs> Absolutely. now, yeah? And the small cap now, even that they are performing, some of them are performing quite good, but there are not enough of them performing that good. Yeah. And eventually also that uh, when you were to take profit on those illiquid small cap and mid cap, you also you will hurt yourself yeah, in you a bit. Push it down. Yeah. Yeah, you, push you, it. you push it down while you're taking yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the profit, yeah, you're chasing yeah. profit, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so eventually that also compromised because you have the liquidity mm. uh, that you have to pay out. So in a way, mm. am I right to summarize that you circumnavigate that fund structure by having more alpha by yeah. having the small and mid caps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, mm. what, what are your thoughts on fund structures? Because I'm pretty sure you've seen different different fund structures and markets. Uh, what do you think is a uh, is the best way you can structure a fund, you know, and looking at what you're doing in Omni? I think um Scott answered that pretty well already. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um at this point of time, um we are not a fund. Yeah. Mm. We are an investment company, mm. an investment company. Mm, mm. So, uh, but however, we adopt a hedge strategy. I see. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Great. Yeah. So maybe that's that's where we should start talking a bit about mm. Omni Capital, right? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how many partners there are. Certainly, both of you are, are part of that. Mm. Um, so maybe walk me through the the uh, the beginning, right? Like why start <laughs> Omni Capital? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And why, why is it not a fun house? Why is it an investment uh, company? Yeah, like yeah. Okay, uh, when I left the industry in 2012, mm. end of 2012, uh, basically uh, I have already, you know, more or less figure out, you know, how I want to move on to the next stage of life. Uh, I think the first 20 years of the fund management life has given me enough, you know, f uh, view of the market. Right, yeah. So from then on, uh, I believe that uh, I was very optimistic on the on uh, on the world, but I'm not optimistic on Malaysia mm. at that time. Yeah. So I was taking a very bearish view because uh, I was a CIO, mm. right, until two zero two zero eight, right. Yeah. Then we had our best performance, you know, our funds awards and all those things. So then uh, that's when I move on to become a CEO at a next company, yeah. MIDF. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was headhunted to restructure the asset management company, but uh, I couldn't uh, finish my job. Huh. Yeah. So uh, after four and uh, four years and four months, I think. Yeah. So I left the industry uh, and uh, I wanted to get out of Malaysia in a way mm -hmm. because I think I have enough of Malaysian market. After 20 years in the market, I have enough of it because I do not see uh, Malaysian market able to scale further. Mm. Yeah, it already already reached the bottleneck and already reached a, a very structurally, uh, you know, uh, uh, problematic stage. Yeah. Why do you think so? I mean, I, I yeah. know we had this questions mm. chat uh, before before, but why mm. why do you think? Probably give us the factual reasons of why do you think the that structural the, the limitations. Structural yeah, 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 structural limitation. Yeah. Okay. First thing is that in the financial market, right? We are looking for progressive changes. We want to do more. We want to do, uh, bring in new things to mm. the market. Mm. That's why we propose alternative investment yes. here and there. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, 
But when I actually was trying to do the job and trying to uh, build a team here, like mm. for example, during that time, uh, I proposed to my board. Uh, as a CEO, I proposed to my board. I said that I want to uh, transform the local team into a regional global team. That was my structural change I recommended. Mm. I said, I want, at that time, we have about five unit trusts, mm. all Malaysian product. Yes, all Malaysian yeah. equity. Yeah. Equity, yeah. I said, please condense it into one. Mm. I say enough. What one is, is good not? enough. Mm. Because this is a single country fund, mm. right? You don't really need to have five country funds yeah. in Malaysia, yeah. right? You're doing the same thing. Maybe that you can you can cut, cut and slice it the different way, like a small cap, mid cap, or big cap, you know, all these things, or money market fund, all these things. So, so to me, it's, it's ra rather redundant, right? I already see that there is no more value creation mm. yeah. in that segregation, right? If the whole market cannot perform, then no matter how you cut and slice, it still cannot perform, mm. right? So that's why I say, please condense into one mm. unit trust enough. I told all my unit trust holders, that's what the direction we want to yeah. proceed, right? And I say, I want to transform by changing the team into a regional and global team. Fantastic. So I start putting them all on different markets, mm. all outside Malaysia. We even spend $1 million to change our backroom system wow. into cater to global, global investing. Mandate. So that the data and everything aggregation will be better. Yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. Mm. So that you can do the portfolio attrition, you know, okay. uh, all this performance, uh, everything. Yeah. So, uh, and we were targeting to launch one first, our first uh, regional fund. Did that was in the year 2010. Did it happen? Okay. What happened? Yes. <laughs> Uh, it was proposed to the board, accepted. Eventually, they rescinded. Died a natural death, lah. In yeah. their case, uh, but in, not in your case, uh. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want to proceed with it. Uh, uh, then I say, uh, thank you very much. I got to go. Okay, right. Mm. Because I stick by to what I see. Understood. I believe that what I see coming uh, is something so important because you see that uh, for me to take a very uh, important step of my career at that point of time, after spending 20 years in the industry, yeah. I'm not going to take something lightly, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, cannot, yes. I cannot just say that I, I, I just want to please everybody. Yeah. I cannot be just doing something where I disagree with people yeah. and I just go ahead and bluff myself yeah. out of it. No, I, that's why I decided I leave. And uh, since then, I've been doing soul searching, yeah. you know, since then. Yeah. Yeah. So 2013 onwards, I've been doing that. And I decided, I, after I look at the macro, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole world, how the whole world is moving. Yeah. I decided that China is going, going to be my focus. Mm. Yeah, so from then on, that's why I move on. Uh, my career since then, uh, the first uh, three years from 2013 to 2015, uh, I team up uh, with somebody uh, uh, going, uh, trying to bring some private equity deals to China. I see. Yeah, and uh, uh, in a way that, uh, you know, we were, we were almost there. Uh, we, we, we almost got the deal done with this, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, government, government agency I see. Mm, mm. from Beijing. Uh -huh. Yeah, they were looking up on, on our project, which is a, a very advanced uh, US technology uh, almost, you know, used in the NASA space technology. Oh, okay. It's called mm. air particulation technology. Mm. Yeah, which can separate the, you know, the impurities from the water. I see. In the air, they can even do the cleansing of the whole city's air. I wow. see. 
Yeah, it was that advanced. Okay. Yeah, yeah but two zero one three, as you know, uh, they have a change of government. Xi Jinping came in, oh. and eventually they start removing uh, the all the administrators and all the people from the last wow. administration. So eventually, the project was stuck at the you know the 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 their their EPU unit, mm-hmm. the Fakai Way they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we couldn't. Then that's when I ended my that short. I see. Three years okay. of the. Yeah, it makes sense yeah, like, after yeah. reading your profile. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so, but I have to ask now, right? Do, do, have you found your soul in Omni Capital? <laughs> oh, now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this is probably the last project I will ever do. Okay, <laughs> okay. regain your soul. Right? <laughs> so, so now I, maybe I hear from Derek. Right? Yeah. How, how did y'all actually meet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let him talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I came back from China in late 2017. Okay, right. And then I I joined a a, a small PE firm, and then uh, my landlord happened to be his brother. <laughs> Yeah, ah. <laughs> so um, because I've been study, you know, uh, Sarawak, Australia, China, mm. so I don't really have friends here. Mm. So my landlord told me, uh, I, I I felt you know bad that you are you know alone in your home, you mm. know, during Chinese New Year. Mm. So why not you just come mm. over my place, you know, uh, at Uncle Place, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that is where I met Scott in 2018. It was during the uh, uh, the Pai what do you call it? Kong. Yeah, the Chinese. Yeah, you know. The praying to the to the heaven on oh, the uh, yeah. Hokkien, yeah. Hokkien, yeah. Hokkien, yeah. Hokkien, no, no, I'm Teochew, but ah. half Teochew, half Hokkien. I'm Hokkien. Okay, Hokkien. I'm, okay. Yeah. okay. So, yeah. Yeah. so I went there and then I met Scott for the first time. Yeah. So yeah. we just Bento. talked everything about yeah. investment. And that then was two zero one eight one eight February. Yeah, right. February. something like that. Yeah. So okay. I guess what what clicked with both. I think the China side. So you were really in agreement with how where China is going and the growth and all that. Well, I think based on what he has gone through in China so far, I believe he believes in China. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's not. I don't have to sell it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he sold already. I'm yeah. sold. Already. So, yeah. Yeah. so and he see with his own eyes, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of what you do now at, at Omni Capital, you say yeah. most capital is deployed in China, like for Chinese public or maybe private equity. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that what how you're looking at the big picture, right? The gut feel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we believe that China will be our core market. Okay. For the future. Yeah. Uh, for us, Next. I mean, maybe I have another thirty years of my investment yeah. life maximum. Mm. Minimum. Yeah, minimum. minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 quite okay with thirty years okay. <laughs> because I already have almost thirty years, right? Mm-hmm. First first thirty years. So that is not so. Chinese, uh, China focus. So in the next thirty years, I believe we are going into the most exciting times. Why I say that is because uh, uh, based on the, the the studies of the history of China, how they progress, right? Yeah, the milestone and everything. Uh, we believe that um, we have a great reset in the year twenty twenty, mm. right? Reset, yeah, okay. the re- we call it the great reset because. I believe that is the what you call it the the cutting off point, right? Mm. For a new turning era, point, yeah. Mm. right? Yeah. So the before that was belonging to the US, right? So it's a clear thing. US superpowerdom ended in 2020. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what is the beginning of the new superpower? Is China from then right. onwards? Right. Right. You can you can you can call it whatever you want. Of course, we call it the Great Reset. But what I want to point out to you is that what are the significant events that happened during this period of time, the transition, uh, mm. that 
uh, that is so symbolic in the sense that U.S. is over, mm. right? Yeah, you can see that the the, the you must be having uh, some compare comparison here. U.S. cope with the COVID nineteen in a disastrous way, right? They died more than a million people. Mm. China barely died more than three Less four thousand, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that is you're talking about the the population size is four times of the US, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at how well they cope with the, the mm. you can call it whatever you want, the zero COVID policy. Yeah. Right? Because some people are condemning it, especially sure. the Western media and even some of the people uh, uh, we think that is too restrictive and overdone. Right. Right. But you must understand the priorities of the government. Right. If your priority is to save the economy, then of course you will you will pro US way. But if you believe lives are important, then you will be pro-China in a sense. Right. Okay, now, it's too early to tell probably that, uh, you know, that uh, China has successfully, you know, uh, proven themselves. I, I think at this point of time, a lot of people still are very reserved when it comes to commenting on the success of the China. But I believe, personally believe that uh, I'm pro-life, right? So I believe that they should save life first because you will always have enough, more than enough opportunity to, to turn the economy around after you save the lives of the people, right? right? Yeah, just like imagine, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, now, right? China now almost can convincingly say that they conquer the Omicron virus. So from now on, you can see that they have no hesitation on how to push the economy forward, right? And uh, US now having having the you know spent so much money in the QE 4 trillion in the last 2 years yep yeah to just to pump prime the economy and hoping that the economy will be able to uh, revive. Uh, revive and that on a good trajectory you know i don't think so right that easy money or that free money that they had the uh, last few years are too easy right they will not be able to keep it, right? We all know that that money made from easy way, you will never be able to keep it, right? These are all spent on consumption and one-off. It is not actually uh, being uh, recycled back into a, a new real economy, uh, yeah. economy yeah. you know, real sector. Infrastructure. Infrastructure and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you, you look at how the way that the China is planning, even during the COVID, and not just, you know, I mean, they're excellent in any way in the whatever, <laughs> what the 13 year, five year plan, 13, five year plan, spend, yeah. those kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they are excellent in the way they plan the economy. US are all over the place. I don't see a very, uh, you know, uh, uh, sustainable, right? Yeah, even with the two trillion, the, the, the plan and everything. Sure. Until today, we don't see a lot of uh, things taking off in the infrastructure plan. Right, yeah. Whereas China now is talking about, you know, planning the next, doubling up the next rail, right? The network for the country. So that is only on the real economy itself. But how government actually is planning on to reviving this economy, I think that's a lot more fireworks to come. Mm. Right, yeah. So I am having that full confidence in the execution on the leadership of China. Right, I think that that uh, of course the you know the the hottest topic now is the Ukraine and the Russia war, yep, yep. and how that is going to spiral out of control and uh, eventually affect uh, China. Even maybe there will be a second, 
uh, another war coming soon, you yeah, know, for yeah. the for, for an the, island, uh, for an <laughs> island, right? Yeah, yeah. So all these, uh, uh, I think that we are in a very uh, big turbulence. Mm. If you want to count the starting point from 2020 onwards, mm. it can last for 10 years. This during this transition of the superpower. Understand? Yeah, yeah. It, it got complicated because of the virus, of the war, and so forth. Yeah. 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 Can, can I play devil's advocate a little bit? Sure. Okay. Mm. Um, mm. So, do you think that China's success in having all this execution, due to their structure of a very top-down approach, a very uniform top-down approach, whereas Mm. In the Western uh, style kind of democracies, is a little bit more liberal, a little bit more consensus mechanism, and is that you think one of the prime factors, or do you think there are other factors in play? Okay, um, yes, definitely is the the key factors, okay. right? Yeah, the key factors. Uh, I think China is the most misunderstood country at the moment mm. to many people outside China, mm-hmm. right? Uh, China today has ninety something percent of their Uh, population or the citizens supporting the China government. Yes, correct. Right, that this is the highest ever. I think in every, any country, almost coming to 100 percent. Right, mm-hmm. yep. that kind of a, you know consensus. Uh, why are the Chinese so you know uh, having so high conviction of the government? It's very clear. The government has done all the right things. Mm. Right, I do not know whether you follow the development in China closely. Yeah, like yep. the the way how they uh, you know uplift the poverty. Yep, yep. Uh, people from the poverty. Right, yeah. So and, and that alone is telling you people really believe in the government mm. to take care of them, mm. right? And now with this COVID, it's another round of convincing to them. <laughs> I have you at your back, mm. right? Your lives are more important than economy, the dollar and cents, right? Yeah. Okay. So that is what through action you see government actually how they take care of their people, right? After all, we. We have been saying here, right? Government is supposed to take care of riot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but we <laughs> right. say lah, we never do much lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. service, yeah. <laughs> but for China government, they really did it, right? Mm. Yeah. So that is very obvious. Now, back to your things of top down. Mm. I believe in any country, the most important thing is leadership, right? Yeah, I think that uh, you can look at the how China gone through the five thousand years of history of changing, you know, different dynasty, and then the and then. Changing the different uh, leadership in even in this current CCP alone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the Mao Zedong, then come to the Deng Xiaoping, yeah. then come to this Xi Jinping. Right, right, right. Look at the leadership in each of them, mm. right? Each time a new leader come in, they actually carry the country to a higher level. Mm. Uh, of course, you know we 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 don't want to argue whether their 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 methods. You know, are right or wrong, mm-hmm. or whether you know they are pro-human rights or not. You know all those things. Well, they were living in difficult times. That's right. Right. Yeah. Mao having to uh, revive China from the very beginning. He's the first leader mm. to revive China, and at that time, the whole country was you know in, in disarray. Yeah. Right. In chaos. Yeah. yeah. In chaos. Right. They have gone through how many hundreds years of. Uh, Two three hundred years of uh, humiliation, so mm. to say. They always say that, right? Mm. Where that they used to be the biggest economy of the world, and then they became the paria, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, that kind of a fallen from the side, from the heaven, right, is too much for them. If without a, such a strong leader to revive the whole country, mm. I don't think we can see China today. Mm. So he is credited for that beginning, doing the most difficult part, mm. because they were so poor. Right when you when you have 
so little resources, right? That tells you how difficult the job job is, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, I mean, just want to compare Malaysia. We were so lucky. Oh yes, right. We have so much resources, and yet we still let the country continue to run down the drain, right? Yeah. So compared to what they had before, they had almost nothing. The people were dying of famine, yeah. right, at that time. So they actually they, they they revive first. Of course, they have to, they have to get rid of the the other opposition first, yeah. right? Yeah. Which happened to run to the, the island now, island, right? Yeah, small, yeah, small island. island now, <laughs> right? After they fail in the you know the civil war, right? Yeah. So now, uh, just imagine after that thing is done, you get rid of the political uh, opposition, so you can focus on doing the job, yeah. right? Yeah, that just to do the hard job. Mm. It took them how many years to revive the economy, and besides the fact that they got. Uh, embroiled into all the Second World War and everything, yes. right? More destruction, yeah. right? Even tougher, right? So amazing that they have actually uh, revived and made everybody out of poverty in 70 years. Yeah. That was their first mission, the first hundred year plan. First yep. Yeah, and it completed uh, 2020. 2020, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so 70 years, right, of hardship, right? And now for the next Hundred years, which is supposed to be by twenty fifty, hmm. right? Yeah, they concurrently uh, running these two plans, yep. right? So what we are seeing now is the next thirty years is going to be the most exciting, hmm. because it's going to be about wealth creation, hmm. right? When people are poor, you don't talk about wealth creation yeah. because there's they have nothing to start Just with. Put food on the table. First. Yes, <laughs> yeah, fill your stomach, right? Yeah. yeah, take care of you, you know, everything. Now it's talking about everybody. Now is ready for. Wealth creation. wealth creation. So the party is not too late uh, in China? No. Party is just starting. Very early. We yeah. believe <laughs> that we are just at the, the crux. Peaks. Okay. At the very turning point very, of that. Very yeah. mm. That's how I believe. I see. Right. Yeah. Do you think that with all these jitters in the Chinese market because of all these crackdowns, when do you think will be leading indicators to, sh to give market that kind of confidence that, you know, the market is a little bit more liberal. Yeah. Uh, the market is the not people outside can go in. Yeah. Money, take out their yes. money. Yes. Because right now, I mean, the the portrayal, mm. especially in the investing mm. community, is that, wow, China just a flick of a thumb. I can yeah. change this. I can change that. You know. Yeah. So when do you see that? Uh, do you think it will be liberalized, or do you think it will continue on, but in a more controlled manner? What do you sure. think? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I run back to my history again. Okay, uh, please, my career. Please. <laughs> Twenty. 15 was the end of my first uh, you know foray into the China market right, right. with the with the government agency there yeah. from 2016 uh, onwards uh, right for two years uh, I was teaming up with a private equity company from uh, Shanghai okay yep. yeah we set up an office here uh, uh, in uh, in KL mm. uh, but it didn't last more than two years because we couldn't take our money ah Mm. Yeah, we were hoping that you know the government at that time. Okay, uh, in the during that period of time, even during the Xi Jinping, after they changing the people, right, the political leaders and everything, they were actually allowing a lot of uh, the the companies to uh, invest freely. I see. During that time, the uh, until twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, China allowed all the companies to take out money to invest overseas. That's why they were buying a lot of. Companies yeah. overseas, you yeah. remember? I remember, yes, yes, yes. I ah, remember now. I yeah. remember now because yeah. I was invested in properties in Malaysia, and when they when the Chinese come here, right? Yeah. 
Oh my elite. <laughs> it's not elite, you know. It's elite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elite, the elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One building, the whole building. Yeah. I think I read an article somewhere. The, the famous uh, the czar, uh, Wang Qishan. Oh, Wang Qishan. He yeah. has like hundred million worth of assets. I think in the Overseas. US or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah, it's true. So a lot of these big companies were taking out a lot of money. Right. Right. Yeah. And and of course, uh, even underground, it was mm. ongoing. Uh, individuals are allowed to take up to 50,000 50, US dollars per Correct. year, Correct. each individual. Mm. And you know that at that time, the uh, the China's uh, uh, their foreign reserve mm. yep. was 4 trillion. Yes, and it dropped to 3. Yes, <laughs> because of all this Correct. Exodus, exodus of yes. money. Right. Uh, and Xi Jinping yeah. say, hey, wait a minute, I'm <laughs> supposed to reserve this money for yeah, yeah. one by one road, you know? Yeah, Why you guys yeah. are taking all this money? You yes, know? Yes. So that was the the, 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 the the drive was already, you know, overdrive in yeah. a sense. Hey, you'd run down 25% of your of forex, you know, within yeah. that short period of time. Yeah. Right. Of course, they were earning a lot of money, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, the, the Chinese company. That was the time uh, we thought that our Shanghai partners were thought that they could take out the money. Ah. And we set up the company and we look for deals and all the deals on the table. So we are supposed to, sub, uh, uh, to, to, to uh, pro, uh, we propose to the, to the investors in China. We are about to take out the money. And then Xi Jinping came in 2017 said, stop. Capital controls. Yeah. All the, all but, the taps are closed. But do you think that's, that's, I guess, where, like, because my, my, my view is that for China to succeed, the world needs to help China to succeed as well. Right, mm -hmm. they, you know, people have to come in and invest and mm. grow. The FDIs are virtually yeah. not just in terms of money, but in terms of different viewpoints, yeah. different expertise, mm. a more right. yeah. Because we always use the example of like only recently China managed to manufacture, I think, the ballpoint pen yeah. locally, right? <laughs> yes. So that is just a, a signal that uh, you know you you need to be connected to the world. You cannot go back to the Ming Dynasty where you can put up walls and things like that. Yeah. So the the question for investors would be like, why, why is it that, you know, the Chinese themselves, when capital controls are lifted, they want to get their money out? Perhaps, yeah, maybe Derek, you know, because I know you're in China most of the time, maybe you talk to a lot of these people. So give a sense, right, of uh, what, what I just said. You mean why they want to go out? Yeah, yeah right. why, why do we need capital control? So because like, like the, the, the pretense of the question maybe yeah, yeah. help you sharpen is that, if China is growing at such a good pace, yeah, yeah. why is going to? Yeah, why why is there people? They still want to take out. Yeah, I mean, I was just showing a chart yesterday. To your point, right? Mm -hmm. uh, millionaires, right? Was the millionaires leaving? Uh, millionaires leaving China yeah. is it's, is crazy. Yes. It's the biggest. One of the biggest. Yeah. three thousand of them. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're going to the English, usually the English speaking nations. Yeah, because yeah. like yes. because now the discussion is yeah. Uh, can China mm. overtake the US, right? right. And um, my view is that, that I want the best country to be number one, right? Mm. So I don't care who is the one. Mm. So the US is great mm. because you can put in money and they allow you to take out money when and when. Yes. And they don't care, right? Yeah. And the reason is because they have a certain confidence, right? We've got the best tech, we have the deepest capital markets, we have a very diversified economy, but yeah, they are good lifestyle, you know, things like that, no pol mm. less pollution. Um, what what would you say to someone who said what I just said? Is, yeah. there, is this an insecurity on the part of the Chinese government or am I missing something on this? I think why China company, uh, initially why would they want to uh, go out of the country is because they want to um, upgrade their manufacturing uh, segment. 
as yes. in like they want to improve themselves because they come from a very low base, low cost right. kind of manufacturing. Mm. So in order to actually uh, speed up the process of like, you know, improve on their skills and, you know, tech, so they have to go and acquire. And this is the, 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 the fastest way to actually right. yeah, learn, learn that. So I think that's the reason why they want to uh, go out and invest. Like some of the important uh, company like KUKA, in Kuka German, robot, yes, yeah. yes. Even even Jili, okay, is coming out. Right. Yeah. So even in Malaysia, so um, by doing this, they can actually uh, learn from the uh, you know external parties kind of uh, tech, and then they revive and then get better, and then eventually transform themselves into a high end kind of uh, right. manufacturing. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I think it is one of the key reason why they want to uh, go out. Yeah. Um, Maybe again, mm. let, let me try playing devil's advocate. Uh. Um, there are a lot of devils. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and so, so for some context, why is because uh. actually a lot of our listeners are familiar with the China yes. argument. Because I think mm. Malaysian Chinese, uh, compared to let's say Singaporean Chinese, right, we yeah. are more China and then the Singaporeans can't even speak Mandarin anymore anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. More, yeah. more pro-US. So I think yeah. For our listeners, they are quite clear with the China argument. Yes. Uh-huh. So the reason we bring this up is because we want to see the other side. The right? other side. That's yeah. It. yeah. It's yeah. not because we are anti-China. Yeah. Anti-China. Yeah. Just, we just want to bring this yeah. up. I, I have yeah. actually. I have. Uh, we we both have a common friend. Uh, he he went to Xinhua. Oh. And he's also a fund manager here, boutique fund manager here. Mm-hmm. And one of his mentors is actually a Japanese in mm. uh, who is in based in Shanghai. Okay. Okay. Uh, funds of funds and all that mm. and. They're very pro-China, but at the same time, what I want to tease out, like what MJ said, is what are the nuances that beyond the headlines, because we are in certain WhatsApp chat, uh, one guy pro-China. Uh, wow, the moment see the argument, US, uh, wow. oh, I tell you. Yeah. I, I go to sleep, I wake up, they're still at it. They're still at it, right? Okay. And then, and then yeah. one guy is like just pro-US. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and maybe this nuance or this uh, this uh, this um, uh, clarifying questions. Uh, uh-huh. You look at Japan. Yeah. Japan in the 1980s and the 1990s, they they were the leaders in you know, yeah. innovation and and they actually in a way uh, write off what US was producing. You know, mm. I mean they were exporting to the US a correct. lot. Same yeah. in China was correct, correct. And why they were successful was that in 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 terms of culture and everything, they are Asians. We are just known to be hardworking lah. You you know you go to, you go to you, you know the first time I went to Holland right, I was like telling people late shopping. What time ah? Seven o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, people open the tennis. Yeah. So open back, shop uh, at seven. Yeah, yeah, open shop at seven, right? So the point I'm trying to make, Japan succeeded, but yeah. they were still a very homogeneous society. Yeah, sure. Single race, mm-hmm. very little immigration. Mm-hmm. And I see parallels to that in China because sure. China, very little immigration inside, but mm. outside, yes, more, right? Mm. So where do you think uh, as, a, as a culture, as a country that does not have this, and because of that, Japan's stagnated. Mm. Do you think China will go through this in contrast to, let's say, more liberalized countries, countries like the US or Australia, where they allow free flow of migration, yeah. free flow of people coming mm. in? Where they have to build walls to keep people yes, from coming in. Yes, so yeah. why, why is that contrast in a way that, mm. related to the question, uh, China, mm. wow, become millionaire, pump, you want to go outside. But mm. I don't see, pop, you get a millionaire in, in, in Malaysia, oh, I want to go yeah. China. <laughs> you know? It's the yeah. other way around. You know? So why, why is that? Yeah, I, I, I think this is something to do with uh, uh, the newfound wealth right, uh, of the country. Mm. You must understand the different stages uh, all these people yeah. you have to go through. right? Mm. Uh, first, you know, they come from super poor right, uh, background. So they gone through that. They after the uh, after the, the the 
um, the the country was revived. Okay. You know, they became the second largest economy, right? The basically you can see that the the um, the some of the those people who were poor they mm-hmm. become powerful food. Ah. That means what they become suddenly become rich cool. overnight. The new the <laughs> yeah, new yeah. found rich right. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. So these are the people who don't think of the future like the you know the country ah. leadership who plan the wealth you know creation and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. these people who have found the wealth all of a sudden, right? I see. Yeah. So they are the people they want to only to protect the wealth they can see. I see. Not the wealth of the generation, not the wealth of the country. Common prosperity, right? That's the word they use. Yeah. That's what I think they are going into now, right? right? Yeah. Right. See, that that uh, some people are super lucky; they got rich very quickly mm. during that thirty years, forty years of yeah. opening up. So suddenly they have this wealth. They know that some of this wealth are, if they don't pay proper taxes, you know, if they don't hide their wealth, it might be taken away because they still think that the government is like a gangster, mm, right? Okay. The government think that, oh, I, uh, the minute that, you know, I catch you, I'm going to confiscate all your money. The fear of the communist kind of- Yes. Uh, because it has happened, happened before. Things, yeah, yeah it has happened, happened before, before yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, because government say you can get rich, but doesn't mean that I cannot yeah. take away your money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you look at that, a lot of uh, uh, politician yeah. who got, uh, you know, super rich uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for, for the rousy, lousy reasons, Yes. right? So they were confiscated by government, mm. right? Yeah, so people know that, especially those people who didn't get the wealth the right way, mm. right? Yep. But if you actually pay proper taxes, you know, you build your wealth there, your business is there, everything done properly, why should you be worried? I don't think the government can just take away and confiscate that way, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, Chinese being Chinese, you always don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Always have insurance yeah, plans. <laughs> yeah, and we heard that, you know, the, they have uh, sent their children to study in Australia mm-hmm. and along with some of the wealth for them to buy the, you know, huge houses there. Yeah. And that's how they transfer the wealth outside. Mm. Hopefully that, that will protect one day when it come in handy. Mm. A lot of Chinese think like that. Yes. yes. Including the Chinese here. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, some of them make huge money here. They also want to, Outside. Yes. They want. They never want to park everything in this country. Mm. So maybe it's a, it's a, it's a genetic <laughs> mindset. You can say that. Good yeah. stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stereotype thing. You know. There's a, yeah. there's a term. Uh, mm. I mean, we are all uh, ethnically Chinese, right? Yeah. There's a term yeah. they use for Chinese. It's called siu kiong. And then you heard of <laughs> <laughs> the, the cockroach, cockroach, right? Cockroach, yeah. Can never die. Can never die. Not my, not my favorite uh, designation, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that uh, all of us are Chinese now here, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to make oh, well. uh, us feel really superior to other people. Yeah. But if you look back on the history of the 5,000 years of the Chinese, you can see a lot of great things happening of in course. this civilization. Of course. Right, yeah. We are genetically mm. a very hardworking mm. people, mm. right? We, I mean, no matter where you are. Yeah. Right? yeah. May you be in the US or Africa or anywhere. Yeah. You are going to slave away. Yeah. Right, you had seen it all the Chinese restaurants sprouting out all over the world. Yes. Even when I was traveling the throughout the world, right out of the corner of nowhere, suddenly come Chinatown, up, Chinatown or <laughs> yeah. China's restaurant, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's very clear that uh, there is some genetic thing in the Chinese that make them that way. Yeah. Right. They are they are wired that way. That yeah. they are hardworking. They like to diversify. You know, they like to keep you know the th- uh, things for rainy days. Yes. You know, these are all the good traits that have been passed on to generations, even 
no matter where they are. Yeah. Look at Malaysian Chinese. We are the most lucky. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would say that. Yes. Right. Yeah. We get to keep our culture. Yeah. Uh, right. Everything that in, we inherited from our past generations were brought from China. Yes. Right. Yeah. So of course some of these are, you know, uh, not practiced today, but. Uh, but the bulk of the culture are still maintained. Uh, right. Especially if we compare it to the Singaporeans. Uh. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So yes, continue. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I want to say is that, uh, you know, the, this transfer of wealth overseas, mm. it is a, what we call an aberration okay. of the times that we are living in. Understand. Yeah. yeah. Because of the wealth that suddenly they created, they want mm. to diversify a bit. Mm, They're mm. scared of the government suddenly back out of their words, right? Yes, because yes, after yes. all the, the history of the government allowing capitalism has only been about 30, 40 years. Mm. Yes, right? that's yeah. a brand new. Yeah, yeah see yeah. that another point recently mm. happened. Why are they going after Jack Ma? So the same thing, right? They yes. think, oh, you got too, too, you got too powerful, too, big, too rich. Too powerful. Yeah, actually yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah. I got to clamp you down. Yeah. But that's not the whole purpose. Exactly. That was the wrong reason, actually. Yeah. Then there were a lot of speculation in the market saying yeah. that, oh, government has changed, you know, they, they are backing out of capitalism and they, they want now to go yeah. back to their old authoritarianism. I said, this is bullshit. Yeah. No, but this is wrong. The problem is people just read headlines. People like yeah. the drama. People like yeah. the conspiracy yeah. theories and all that. Yeah, but but yeah as, as you understand the end case and financial case deeper, then you know why the government have to contain them. Yeah, microfinancing, yes. shadow banking and all this. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. getting out of hand your leverage. Yes, right? yes, yeah, yes. It's not, you cannot be a healthy financial system with this, you know, uh, the contingency there. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So it will be, be all my yeah. uh, mortgage-backed securities times two uh, <laughs> with a bigger scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So government got to come in and in interfere. Yeah, right. Yeah, to correct the uh, all these excesses. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, that's why I say that you know until we get the full understanding of what the government tried to do, I will not accuse China government yep. of uh, you know of mm. uh, of doing the that wrong thing. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think in Chinese, translate please. Translate please. Based on facts. Okay. And then as a cube, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So okay. they don't just talk yeah. big and then yes, yeah, not yes, doing yes, anything. Yes, yes, yes. This is how they work. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, okay, I, I'm just <laughs> being conscious of not trying to turn this into a political. <laughs> 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 but I love this conversation about China. I think it's uh, oh. really, really yeah, good. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. No, because you see, especially with the Russian Ukraine war, right? Yeah. You see the media propaganda, yep, yep. The, mm. the state's going to overdrive. I mean, it used to be an overdrive. Most people may not notice. Some people may yeah. not even notice now, but it becomes even more overdrive. But uh, thanks for that insight. Here, I want to appeal a little bit deeper on looking forward, meaning if we know uh, that this is the cusp of where China is going to grow for the next 30, 40 years, mm. what do you think will be the leading indicators that the Chinese government, uh, Chinese SEC equivalent, Mm. will be giving out to foreign investors to yep. to calm the jitters, to actually mm. uh, let them have yep. that confidence, you know? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't help. Mm. Yes, people in the know, people who, who mm. go in yep. deep, understand, right? But mm. how many people actually take that time that to spend, uh, to understand that yeah. nuance? Mm. Because for the retail investor, huh? You know, we, yeah. we, we have some friends who like, huh, you invest in China? Wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, where do you think will be a good leading indicator where indicator. the Chinese, yeah, to, to, do they start relaxing certain things? Do they do away with a VIE structure? What, what do you think yeah. will help mm. to calm the jitters? Yeah. I think uh, we have to wait for the timing. Okay. Because you see, government, 
China government has their own timing. Mm. They know better than all of us what is the great timing for China, mm. right? Even if we're dealing with a zero COVID mm. situation, right? Mm. Why are they so uh, uncompromising when it comes to why you have to close on everything, mm. right? Yeah, you know, you just close on, maybe you can control in cluster form, whatever, better mm. than anything, right? Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, so I believe we still do not know better than them what is their real agenda. Mm. Maybe they are planning it for the next pandemic. What if the next pandemic to happen again in the our maybe next few years, like what Bill Gates is saying, mm. right? Yeah, if it happened, who will be the first country who will know how to handle it better than everybody else? China. Because after they have the drill run for the so many times, guess what? Mm. I think that we'll be in chaos but they yeah. can actually go on and know when to cut and stop everything. Mm. That's how I feel. Mm. They are ready for, they might as well use it to the max mm. to do this drill, mm. right? For the next pandemic, if mm. there's one again, right? That's one thing. So uh, uh, why is China uh, different from the West, right? The approach I'm talking about, right? It's very clear. Mm. It is guided by different values, mm. right? The values are the one that they prioritizes, right? Life's comforts, mm, mm, mm. right? Yeah, all these things can wait, right? So now, how are they going to restart the whole engine? They have actually done something. Mm. They have released a lot of, uh, you know, the liquidity, leverage. you know, the reserve, the yeah. leverage, you know, in the banking system. They have actually allowed uh, a lot more SME loans to be, you know, given mm, out. To be dispersed. Yeah, okay. to disperse. They have used food voucher, this and that. You know, so many things they have done on the ground. Science are coming. Mm. Science are improving, mm. right? But we cannot take the US standards that you must be immediate. I give you all the check straight away. You free go and money. spend yeah. free money, uh, drop money. Yeah, they drop money <laughs> out of sky. Money. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. no, this kind of helicopter, you know, mm. money dropping out of the sky, is one off. Mm. What they are wanting to is use a system so that it's more sustainable. sustainable. Yes, you use system to do the job, mm. so you can see how you how is the effect. Mm. Mm. Not put instant two thousand dollars into your pocket <laughs> and then you're hoping that you can save the economy. I don't think that's a, how the way Chinese wanted to to implement the system. Understood. Understood. The approach is totally different. Yeah, uh, I think one. Correct me if I'm wrong. One one positive sign was that uh, remember when uh, I don't I don't remember it was during Trump's time or Biden's time when they required all companies listed in the U.S. to be audited mm. and Trump was it Trump and they the Chinese authorities actually granted now some mm. of this. Mm. Do you think that will happen more and more? Uh, well, I don't think that China will let go totally eventually. Okay. It's not going to be a free world okay. as what the US wanted. Okay. Right? You can, you can uh, whatever they can accommodate, they'll accommodate. Because they look at the business, because mm. they, they are business, there's businessmen when mm. it comes to dealing with these issues, right? Mm, mm, mm. Whether they raise money in the US, whether they, they continue to, you know, to be represented in the US. Like Didi, they, 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 they insisted, no way, I'm mm. not going to let you get the data, mm, right? Mm. So you got to delist and come back. Mm. Right, First, no problem. If you come back, I will release all these uh, uh, restriction again and let you revive your business. Mm. Right, so Didi, you must buy mm. when you go back to US and uh, you go back to China and release. Right, mm -hmm. so this is a very clear case. They will give whatever they can, not entirely what you say. I see what you wanted. Okay, yeah. um, I have one more nuanced question about VIE structures. V VIE variable 
interest yeah, entities. Interest yeah. entities, right? Because mm. you actually don't own mm. when yeah, you're buying. You don't really own the like Baba, yeah. JD. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Is there a way to circumnavigate that, or do you think it's it's a no issue at all? You see, the I always think that this VIE uh, formula structure, or structure, yeah. you know, the format um, is just in between. Eventually, when the China economy is fully open up. Okay, so you think they will transition into a more yeah, direct a transition? Yeah, because that I don't see there's any need for that anymore in mm. the future. Mm. Let's say that this reset, the Great Reset, is the beginning of the transition, right? Mm-hmm. In the future, I can only see China opening up more and more, right? Yeah, I think that they want the investors to come in, mm. right? Yeah, they 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 see that because when they are going into the next stage, right? Of course, you know why why China for the first forty years. When the during the reopen right yeah, of the economy, you you are focusing on creating wealth for the local, because it's very clear if you let the FDI come in and they build all the factories, they own all the assets. Eventually, there's nothing much left for the local, right? You becoming working for the foreigners, mm. right? Why do why do they have a totally different system in the internet? Why do you, why they must have a duplicate of everything of a US system? It's because they truly believe that that should be in their control, mm. because it's my system. You're doing business here. You follow my system, right? Why should I use all your system? Eventually, I will be held hostage to by you, right? Yeah. So this is what I I believe that the China government clearly from day one mm. they know what they wanted to mm. do. No question about it. They are very crystal clear in the in the objective. Mm. Right. Actually, just to add on, uh, please. Uh, one indicator is actually the negative list. Mm. Uh, please explain. Uh, oh. Also, basically, uh, you know, they list out which sector they cannot let the foreigner, you know, get involved. Ah. So they have been reducing. So I that is see. one thing that they are actually been reducing over the years. Great, great. So great. they are actually open, not as you know, close. Yeah. Great. Um, For FDI, that's a good yeah. point. That, yeah. yeah. Because you raised that point, I have uh, mm. another devil advocate's question. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Chinese has, the Chinese have always been accused of espionage, mm. right? Uh, espionage meaning uh, stealing of trade secrets, technology, mm-hmm. uh, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, so how do you think, w- will China actually progress out of that? Or is China even wrongly accused of espionage? Or what? What are your thoughts on that? Actually, mm. uh, well, I I can't say whether they they did or not, mm-hmm. but uh, we are there are not enough facts out there for us to judge, mm. right? Yeah, I mean, wh- am I surprised if there's any? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised because yeah. the CIA right. does it also. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean that the uh, you know, I I I think it's for us to judge. Say which is a bigger evil, you mm. know. I say, we look at facts. Yeah, right. The reason yeah. why I ask and related, I'm not trying to be political, but mm. reason why I ask is because if there is this fear of mm. espionage, then why would any country or any uh, company would try to do technology transfer to China? Do because yeah. it would be yeah. a reverse engineer. But obviously, the same can be said of Japan in the 80s and the 90s. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. just that yeah. what would be uh, an incentive for Foreign direct investment to go into China when mm. there's this fear of their IP being stolen. That's that's my point actually. Yeah, you, you see that the, I think the one of the common things about the late lately right the yeah. rise of the Chinese tech right yes is always accused that it's all stolen, right? A lot of it is stolen. Mm. If it's so clearly is stolen, then why is 
China space technology today even better than US. I mean that did did, did you steal something better? <laughs> and then you didn't use it. I, I I use it now because I stole it from you. That logic does not yeah. make sense to me, mm. right? Yeah. Whether there's any technology transfer, definitely yes. Mm. During the early days, right? Yeah, when the FDI flowing into China. Yeah. Certainly, there will be some technology transfer involved. But whether the Chinese people are those ruthless people that they steal all your uh, technology and after that they go and start something on their own and after that then you become lousy and I become the good. Mm. It seems that that means Chinese people are more creative than you. <laughs> after they stolen from you, they can make it better. Yeah. So then why are you not better? Yeah. I mean, that, that logic to me is, are you saying that, oh, just because they have stolen it, that's why they become so good? So that, that foundation of that argument to me is rather weak. Mm, yeah, mm, mm, I, mm. I don't know. I, 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 as I say, I don't have enough facts in front of me to say which Similar. cases. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm asking because I don't, yeah. I don't too. But that's, that's what you see in the headlines, is it? Yes, yeah. yeah. And furthermore, this, who are these people who are making that uh, accusations, know, accusations, and yeah. how to substantiate it? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless really? we have the facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even yeah. Elon Musk is actually praised on the. Yeah, they say that they're the, hardest working the people. We, of course, WeChat, you know, is yeah. better than Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, that, that's why he. he not, they see mm. the innovation. Yeah, actually, when he, mm. I don't know whether you read the tweet, he says mm. when uh, he met the the Twitter team, he just said, "Yeah." Uh, what's the future direction? WeChat. He <laughs> 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 we just said WeChat. Or, or TikTok. Yeah, 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 or TikTok. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I only have one la last question on China, China and I think yeah. that the 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 challenge with uh, something that even Japan has done better than China as well is the the issue of soft power. Mm. I think that if you are going to be a superpower, you can have the hard power, which is the the army and the technology, the finance. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's call it maybe the, the finance, they're maybe not quite there yet, but they're mm. catching up. The technology, they've closed the gap very well. Military, obviously, quite far behind. But oh, one they just launched their third uh, aircraft carrier, you know? Yeah, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, just, just two days right. ago. Yeah, oh, the third yes, one. the third one. The, the, the third correct, one. correct. Yeah. So, the third one, they just launched. So yeah. they're, they're trying to, to catch up there. Mm. Um, you know, each of these sectors are discussion mm. itself. But one mm. thing that I have to say that, um, that they are furthest behind is the, the soft power. And the simple example, I mean, you know, as investors, we, we talk about technicalities, we talk about numbers and data a lot. But sometimes the, the simple questions like, for example, right, nobody grows up saying, I want to work hard, save money, and then migrate to China. Where do they want to migrate to? Or where do they want to work at? By and large, it's in usually the, the English-speaking countries, right? Whether it's US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, things like that. Um, and no one says China. So my question is, mm. what do you think about that soft power building right now mm. that the Chinese government is doing? Do you think they're doing a good job? Do you think they're in the right direction? Mm. Okay. Um, hard power, like what you say, right. uh, the, you know, the military and the mm. tech. Finance, and, the, yeah. and of course the infrastructure mm. right, yep. that they have yep. built over the time. All these physical thing that you can touch, right? Today, I don't think uh, anybody can even challenge China, say that you're not the best. It's definitely the Especially best. Especially in the manufacturing. Yeah. yeah, manufacturing in every space, lah, huh? in the hub, in the, all this infrastructure and everything. So now, uh, just now on what you say, the soft power, right? You're talking about soft skill I, 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 in, in this sense here. Yeah. Um, more like the, the perception, because the yeah. perception game. Part of the reason why the US mm. has gotten away with a lot of things is because yeah. 
you've got your Hollywoods, you've got <laughs> yeah, the culture, right? Yeah, it's, it's so, it's yeah. magnificent, right? In fact, when we yeah. think of eras, we think of what was the pop song that yes. was the, that was the most mm, popular in the 80s, on Michael yeah. Jackson, yeah. the 90s, yeah. Backstreet Boys, something like that. The of this, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, no one yeah. grows up saying, you know, I'm mom yeah. and dad, I want yeah. to work hard and I'm going to retire in, in China. No yeah. one says that. You know, when you said mm. that pop culture, the first thing you said, no one's going to remember Liu Sanjie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know that one? Of course. <laughs> I, was, I was like seven years old, uh, accompanying my grandfather to watch it. I'm like, Where's my yeah. Mickey Mouse? <laughs> because oh, wow. because yeah. I'm also a, okay. a yeah. student. That's of one of my favourite movies yeah. on China. And, and, and the reason I bring this up right, yeah. on a deeper level is because I'm also a student of Chinese history. Mm. And okay. I look at the current uh. regime and I compare it with previous highs. Yeah. And China has maybe three to four of these kind of, you know. The dynasties. And I, I believe the current, the, current, yeah. the current regime is not quite there yet. And I uh -huh. think the, the people, the, the number one dynasty for mm. me yeah. would, would be the Tang. Mm. Because they yeah. were not just rich, they were yeah. not just all of that, right. but they were very metropolitan. And yeah. if you look at some of the best poets and the, the arts and the culture, mm. and they were very actually, they were very open, mm. right, for a good True. hundred years. And after, but after that, you know. Yeah. So I, I look at it from a Chinese, uh, you know, I'm not pro-China or anything, but I look at it and say, like, this is where the current Chinese government needs to look to. Yeah. And I'm seeing the soft power not quite there yet. But I just want to get your mm. thoughts, right, yeah. on, on that part. Yeah. Uh, certainly true. You cannot be, uh, you know, singing or, or you know a poem when you <laughs> right. are hungry, <laughs> right? Yeah. So take care of the basic, basic first, right? Yeah. Mm. So that is very clear. But actually, uh, this is something which I, I I totally you know have a different point of view on this. Mm. China has the greatest debt in terms of the soft power. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just that now is not the time to use it yet. It's not been turned on. Yeah, it's not. Why do you think it's not the right time? You see, uh, even when the, in the early nineties, when the first time I landed in China, mm. right? Yeah, I, I I saw a lot of poverty mm. uh, there because that was the first trip to China that I went to climb the Great Wall of China and everything. Right. Uh, mm. I saw the all those people selling all the, all the all the poor people selling all their vegetables and begging for money and everything. Mm. This is all at the surface of the society, right? This okay. is what we, we are poor. That's okay. why we cannot present to you that kind of confidence, that kind of things inside there. Uh, but that soft power never left China, even during the two, three hundred years of mm. humiliation. Okay. You see that the, uh, the, this soft power, so to say, right, is already genetically in you. Okay. But just that when you're hungry, you, you don't show it. You, you cannot show it. it. You have yeah, to suppress you, it. You cannot. You cannot talk about the you know the the the, the more cultural side of you when you are hungry and dealing with basic needs, mm. right? So that's one thing. Uh, I always have great admiration for the Chinese leaders because it is the way the wisdom that they have in them. Mm. I I mean uh, among all the world now world leaders now I have the greatest admiration for Xi Jinping. Uh, you you look at the how he composed. I mean his you know. Uh, uh, how he carry himself, right? Yeah. How how he actually uh, speak his words, you know. You 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 think of the deeper meanings behind his words, right? Yeah. And the the kind of the vision he has for China and for the world, mm. that is the beginning of the showing of the culture. That power, soft right. power, right? Soon, but it start with the leader first. Of course, the leader now he is coming onto the world stage now. Last time he was talking about how to 
you know, settle the issues internally. Right. Yeah. right, yeah. Make everybody out of poverty and then take care of the political corruption. So internal uh, reshuffling and everything. Make sure that the whole administrative team is on the same page as him. So he will know how to push the agenda later. Mm. You cannot have a talk, you cannot have a leader talking about soft power when your back is fighting against you. Right, recently there's one one more speculation saying that uh, who's uh, Li Keqiang? Is Li Keqiang is yeah, like fighting. Yes, fighting. yes, there was a rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jiang Zemin, they, they, yeah. they always know. Yeah. Okay. This bullshit. There okay. might be disagreement on how they look at zero COVID mm. policy, mm. but fighting and fighting, no, I don't think so. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, I believe that uh, he's he's probably having the one of the best team now mm. after the clean the cleansing, you mm. know, for mm-hmm. the la- last uh, few years. Uh, and what is going on uh, to the next stage is that he will be more and more prominent on the outer world yes. rather than internal. Yeah, because the internal now already has a strength. Mm. It already has a team that will know how to carry on doing the job. Mm. He doesn't need to micromanage. That's he doesn't it. need to keep on telling them what to do because he has good people, right? He has a good system and the people are not no longer hungry. They can take care of all these uh, you know, non-essential uh, yeah. items now, yeah. right? Yeah. So now this is where is the time is about right mm. for them to embark on exporting all these things, mm. right? Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, of course, you know, uh, if you want to use the example like US, mm. right? US was lucky; they were never in the Second World War to begin with, right? Did you talk about uh, you know the the soft power from Europe during the Second World War? Really. You're fighting, you're killing each other. You talk about soft power? Mm. No, right? That, that's not the time for it. The time for soft power is when the time when you are ready to excel. That's why the next 30 years is the, going to be the most interesting time. Mm. Because not only in terms of wealth creation, right? They will, one, once you feel wealthy, you will, you will spend a lot more time in cultural things, mm. right? That's the natural progression. Right, yeah. Yep. So then, the, then the whole society become more and more cultured, mm. right? Don't forget that there's one point something billion people, right? You m- remove eight hundred million people out of poverty, these people for a few generations were living in poverty, or maybe how many generations? I don't know lah. Huh? Mm. You, you can think of two hundred years, like yeah. 10, generations ten generations in poverty, and and these people now suddenly you know they they cannot, they are not at the right mind to do soft power yet. Uh, I remember. People telling me uh, in the 80s and 90s at that time, they said they will never go to China because they're so dirty. Mm, These yeah. people sit, spit everywhere. Yeah. They pang side everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, so no, you know, this people- for you to see also. Yeah, yeah, you see also. yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the, wow, wow, wow. I mean, that, that, that everybody can sleep yeah, over and see what Men and women. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So at that time, that all this soft power secondary, mm. but there is something in them, they know what are the values that inherited from their past generations. Mm. That never go away. Mm. That is like a source. It's just like, you know, it's, 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 it is not like bursting out, but it is hibernating and in building that over the time. So it is that it never die. This is why the, 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 the mission of the government is to- Modern society. Yeah, they want to- Socialism with modern. Chinese characteristics. Yeah, China exactly, characteristics. yeah. Socialism, you know, actually. Yeah. They know that, Capitalism is cannot be, cannot be the way only forward, because you create those inequality. There's no way that you can have a healthy society with that kind of inequality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he was doing that, right? You know what? Yeah. I, what I pictured the Tesseract. 
Yeah, yeah. The Chinese Tesseract. Yeah, sorry, sorry. sorry. It's you, know, marble, marble you know, right? Actually, we can go <laughs> on and on on yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's actually almost, uh, you know, four already. Yeah. So I, I just want to wrap up with a few sure. more personal questions, yeah. like, right? And yeah. um, what we all can answer is somewhat quick fire. You all don't have to elaborate too much. But <laughs> what has been your best and worst investments? Let's start with Derek since <laughs> yeah, he has yeah, not yeah. spoken. <laughs> yes, about yes. It. What's uh, your, your best, best and worst, worst investments? investments? So Public private markets doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, depends on how you define worse and best. I'll let you define it. Uh, worse, I should say, uh, when I first, um, not invest, but trade on Forex market. Ah. Yeah, that is where I get to know uh, myself in okay. terms of the greed and fail. Mm. Yeah, because I can make 100% in four hours and then everything gone in next, <laughs> you know, four hours. <laughs> so that's the worst, and I learned a lot from that. Yeah, in terms of best, I would say um, uh, those trades that I made has been uh, executed uh, based on my discipline. Mm, yeah, so that actually is very uh, fulfilling. I yeah, see. so so I see. so at least how I look at it. So, yeah. just one one quick yep, fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So when you mentioned because you mentioned the word trade rather than invest, meaning mm -hmm. what's your average? holding duration for any one of your positions? Depends on the strategy. Okay. Because now uh, we are very much focused on hedge. Okay. Yeah. So if you're talking about long uh, portfolio, that is very fundamental based that mm. we can hold it for a very long term. Mm, mm, yeah. mm, mm. So it, so we are quite flexible in that Understand. sense that it depends on, uh, we have one more portfolio called momentum. Mm -hmm. So that is mostly trade. I, I remember trade. I saw the website you have Three. Four, right? Lo uh, three. Uh, long, hedge, long momentum. momentum. And hedge. Yeah. Yeah. So hedge is like a combination of the long and uh, momentum. Right. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Scott. Scott. Yeah. Oh, for the worst best investment, best, yeah. uh, <laughs> I always use this example because I think that uh, that is one of the uh, the proudest uh, investment return that I ever got. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's from Dialog. Oh. Uh, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. From the year when I uh, when I took uh, when we you know when I started doing the the investment yeah. myself at the time. It was 1998. Ooh. Yeah. At least you know. 40x already. Yeah. yeah. That one, uh, you know, that time you they were listed, you yeah. know, just, and then they had a curtail, uh, yes. and then they had a second board crash. That was a restart of the base, mm. right? You If you went in at that time, and you hold it until 10 years later, 2008, mm. you make tons of money on yeah. it. Because that was a, the, one of the best performing stocks, mm. right? Because it was a small cap. Yeah. It was a small cap and it just every year consistently growing the profit 30% a year, yeah. right? So what kind of, a, 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 you know, couldn't be better, you know, for 10 years consecutive years. Yeah. I remember after owning the stocks for a quite period of time and then when they, uh, the, when they went into uh, another uh, uh, opportunity, the Pengarang, ah. yeah. when we look at the number, I was asking the analyst at that time, uh, this stock is, uh, you know, uh, is having a project that is ten times of this curtail, yeah. right? It's a five million meter cube. This one it was five hundred thousand. Yes. Why are you not calling a buy? Yeah. At that time it was ten times PE. Yeah. I, I cannot understand the logic of this uh, <laughs> this analyst at that time. They were asked, arguing this, arguing that. Also, this one is too too slow because uh, it's a model that based on recurring income and all these things. But that's the beauty of it, right? You know, you keep on building. You use your construction profit. You know, uh, at the during that construction time, and after the thing is constructed, you have all this recurring income coming through. So you have never have a down year yeah, in terms exactly. of earnings. Yeah. Isn't it a perfect stock for you to hold for yeah. long term? Yeah. 
and this is one of the best return stocks I have Fantastic. ever. Fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm, pe- I'm pretty sure you'll yeah. be very pleased to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse. That, that was one of the worst. Worse. Worse. Okay, uh, uh, I don't know whether that is a, a luck or whatever, yeah. right? I think all of you know about this stock called Transma. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay, right. please yeah. elaborate. Why, yeah. why well, what's okay. your story on yeah, this? What's yeah. your story? Uh, my story is very simple. Uh, uh, of course, when it was uh, started out as a second board, you know, I didn't pay attention to it at that time. But after that, uh, they continued to deliver the earnings. Then they eventually went into the main board. Uh, but uh, of course, it, it was a steady growth company at that mm. time. Mm. But I was not so sure of the business model, you know, whether how, how far it can scale, right? Because I, I like something that I can see a vision, it can be a 10 bagger. Yeah. You know, then I, ca- I call that, you know, a really uh, a superstar. Lah. So uh, then one day, suddenly that they announced uh, that, you know, the Quark brothers taking a stake in the company, mm. right? Yeah. And then uh, they were talking about uh, the company uh, bought a lot of uh, planes, right? The I remember that the MD 11 the biggest plane, yeah. the cargo planes at that time. They cool. bought four of them. Yeah. Then they bought another ten of the those uh, the, those uh, single R body yeah. those things. So planning for big things. Uh, of course, you know they were given the license uh, to fly, you know, to to more destination. That's why the cargo business at that time it was booming, right? Mm. But one thing I've, uh, I I was not sure is uh, you know. Can they really scale? Yeah, mm. I, I was afraid. Mm. Right? I was afraid that uh, they will not be able. Even they they plan for big things, but they may not get that kind that kind of a business. So I was worried until Robert Koch came in. I see and took a stake in it. Then I jump in. Mm. Right? Yeah. So at that time we took the private placement and everything. Mm. Yeah, because at that time they were raising a lot of money to buy the planes and uh, you know to prepare for this big business. So we thought if Robert, Robert Koch is in. can trust them. I yeah. think I can, mm, <laughs> right? mm, mm, mm. So I follow, <laughs> I follow, I, I jump in. I remember very clearly at that time it was $6. Yeah, when they did a private placement and everything, so we took. So uh, since then, we have uh, right the journey with them, you know, until I think the 2007, if I remember correct, the year. Because I remember it because I, 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 I left the company in 2008. That mm. was a, the one of the most significant investment I made before I left the company. So we bought something like $6. So it went up to about thirteen, fourteen dollars. Then one day, uh, of course, you know, uh, you know, uh, the company uh, uh, went on a roadshow again. Uh, I remember at that time it was very clear. It was J.P. Morgan mm. brought them mm. on a they call it non-deal roadshow. I see. Not supposed to place out any share or mm. whatever. Just to brand awareness. Yeah, just to tell story. Yeah. Just to let the you know foreign investors know, get to know them, and maybe you know. Uh, uh, buy their shares. So then after that, they came back. They, I think that they either the the major shareholders sold the some shares or the or the, they did a private placement. I couldn't remember what right, was it. Right, yeah, right, but right. there was a, some selling okay. of something. Okay. Then I was asking, why are they selling the things when if they are going, just gone out and tell people how good the story is yeah. going to be. Yeah. So that I said that I see, I, I see a yeah. very big uh, disparity. disparity in what they say and what they do, right? So, I paid them a visit. So I went to I went with visit after the thing. Uh, uh, I got a very uh, I, I was made a very sarcastic remark. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay, okay, what was it? What was the remark? Yeah, I said you that, oh you fund managers, the management said, you fund managers always make the most money, easy money. We do all the hard work. 
Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I I thought that um, wow, we supported you, ma. Right. Yeah, ma? yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. No, When you, you needed money, we yeah, we 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 supported your business, right? We took your private placement so that you have the capital to go and uh, you know build the business. Yeah. yeah. Then then we never questioned you, ma. I mean that you you know you you, you deliver the anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I'm a minority yeah, shareholder, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. only come and visit you, you every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I I thought that 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 response was a little bit too so, much to me. Yeah, and then when I look at the, um, the 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 disparity between the what they did and what they say, so I got a little bit uncomfortable. I see. Thank goodness I saw all. Oh my gosh! Before the luck. crash, yeah, it was luck. But of course, we will never know that there was a financial scam, fraud, mm. going ongoing mm. during that period of time, because all of us couldn't tell the uh, you know the 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 the, the, the difference lah. You know between the, all their things, but there was one uh, during that on hindsight now. Uh, I I look back on the whole thing, it was something very uh, uh, worrisome at that time. Something happened. The trip flying out is always full capacity. That means the the planes mm. are all stocked up, right? The goods, the cargoes, but the trip back is always underutilized. Mm. So it was only a one side business that they are doing. That means they make money from the outgoing trip, mm. right? But the incoming trip all lost money. However, their their fantastic uh, uh, margin and uh, and the things continue to show. Mm. So, this is the only thing that we always ask them: Hey, how come your under under utilization of your return trips? Mm. Uh, you know, can you do something about it to improve that mm -hmm. so that we can see a better sustainable business? I say you cannot perpetually yeah. be shipping out. Full, full, and come back empty, right? Mm, mm, mm. That means you you are losing money. This this business model cannot cannot keep yeah, on going yeah. on this mm, way. Mm. But they always say that they will, they will, they will, they will, they will. They, I mean, they have set up uh, regional offices and they will build more, mm. uh, you know, uh, more marketing and and bring more business in. But uh, until the day we come, they never, never really done that. I see. Feel that. I so see. that was uh, on hindsight. That was already a a flat reflect. I see. I yeah. see. But in the accounting numbers, I mean, very hard. Can't to tell. Can't tell. And furthermore, I mean, we have a quote people sitting yeah, in the board. Yeah. How can we question these people? Don't want to do their job, right? Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a, actually a, a lucky thing, but it was a luck, a pure luck okay. that I I didn't I didn't I become uncomfortable mm. with the management mm. on based on that yeah, disparity. Wow, yeah. Great. Yeah. So. So I, I, I have, do you have any more questions? No, I have no, one final question only. It's, it's, it's a segue back to Malaysia and uh, perhaps it, we didn't go deep enough. But yes, I, yes. Part, I two, part two, part two. Part two. Yeah, but, <laughs> but maybe um, uh. in your role when you were in MIDF, I know you mentioned, um, what was it? There were certain things that you wanted to implement mm. uh, and you couldn't get done. Oh. But mm. structurally, as a capital markets in 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 Malaysia, mm. where do you think are things that can be improved, mm. and where do you think things are actually getting worse? Um, I I think lots of places, lots of things can get okay, improved. Okay, maybe the top three <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you see that no. maybe China's capital mm. markets has improved, mm. or in, even Indonesia. Don't talk about too far, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I yeah. think our neighbor is actually you know, actually really, uh, IDX really is really doing well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I can see that uh, Indonesia is going to be the best performing economy. Yeah. Why do you think that? Is it is it because of uh, certain policies of the capital markets are we too, how do you call it, 
too regulated or are we too uh, there's not enough policies that does not does not allow entrepreneurs to actually grow here leadership I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well um my experience like i talk uh, my experience uh, uh that was the year during the, the midf time that yeah. Uh, because I, I say, as I said just now, you know, I look at the Malaysian market; it has reached a bottleneck. I see. Yeah, right? I wanted yeah. to know the bottleneck. Yeah, the bottleneck. Yeah, you can't you can't go beyond that bottleneck. You're stuck there, right? Mm. So uh, because we are not allowed to be a lot more progressive, mm. right? We are. We want to do hedge fund. We are not allowed. Mm. You know, we want to short the market. We are not allowed, mm. right? So that that kind of uh, 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 the restriction. Uh, already can see that you know we, we are all the same all, all our competitors here all are doing the same thing mm. there's no differentiation there there's is no, no edge already yeah no no edge no nobody has any great story to tell mm. right something different from me right yeah so that was when we started talking about alternative products mm. we wanted to bring in a lot new alternative products right because you want to increase the depth yeah right and the breadth right yeah so uh, we propose to the authorities, but it took so long. I think we gave up. Mm. We gave up. Mm. So basically, uh, uh, there's no exchange. Mm. It's always proposed, landed there, and then it will just take a you long go, time. You go yeah. into a black hole. Yeah, <laughs> and or else they say, oh, um, you don't have the capability now. Why don't you do a white labouring feeder feeder fund? Right. That was what the easy way out. I say. But you're, you're but telling you're me that I'm giving all my money to my for, my foreign yeah, yeah. party so that I can look pretty here and do nothing here. And, so and I it's, not, it's not developing the capital markets locally. Yeah. Because, no, I think that the most important thing that I'm trying to tell them is I want to build capability here. Mm. Right? Even if I, of course, if those products are not available here, mm. I can't help it. You yes. know, I can only do the white label, right? Yeah. I can only just do. But... If I can build capability, why are you not letting me mm. doing so? You can you can force it on all my foreign joint venture partner because at that time we were uh, in a CMS Dresner the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah the CMS Dresner, yeah. the Alliance, yeah. and yeah, yeah, RCM, right? Uh, yeah. We 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 do we we sold their product for them. Mm. But I said, why can't you force them to manage out here yes. and let us be the one of the managers? Then you guys learn, yes, develop the ecosystem. That was like fifteen years ago. <laughs> If we started that on that journey yeah. at that time, we, we would have actually gained that capability. That was what I was trying to drive them to understand, mm. right? Not all the alternative can be managed here, Correct. of course. Yeah. Correct. But there are some, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was what I wanted to do. I couldn't do it, uh, so no, no choice. So I went to MIDF, but the board, uh, you know, back out at the last minute, I couldn't do it. Understand. So enough, lah. so I, I thought that decided. That, that's the end of the journey at that time. So now for you, you're saying that what can we do about it? Yes. I'm repeating my story 15 years ago. Okay. So if you want to start now, is it too late? Is it better late than never? I think it's better late than never. Yeah. 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 So you just let the market take the risk. Let the investor take the risk. You can make them to inform, but you can never stop these people from progressing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they want, if they want to take risk on a hedge fund manager, yeah. and that is not proven with no proven track record, so be it. Yeah. yeah, right. Because at least that you allow them to exist. Let capital market forces force this. Yeah. Yes, maybe this guy cannot do it. That guy can do it. Yeah. Why are you stopping this trend? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, we, I cannot imagine that they actually only allow it. How many years ago? That hedge fund we were to be this, launched in Malaysia. We we, we interviewed we know of only one. Yeah, we only we, yeah, only one. We interviewed MTC. MTC yes. was the MTC first one. Correct. They, they were telling me it took them how many? I can't remember. It started Which year was that? Twenty twelve. I think twenty twelve. No, no, no. The company started in twenty twelve, but they didn't launch the hedge fund until later. Many years later. Yes. I think about 14. I think it took longer than that. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. the exact dates, but they, they told me it was, we. I think we spent a big chunk of the podcast just yeah, explaining yeah. Their, their journey with SC, trying to convince them, yes. trying to, yeah, it was tough. I done my part. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I I think that I, I couldn't do it. I think Derek is looking at us, my God, I start from China, <laughs> I come back here and I'm like, coming into a capital markets that's like 15, 20 years. <laughs> regression rather yeah, than- Yeah, regression. Yeah. It's a regression, uh, yeah. yeah. No, because until today, right, I was just having a chat with uh, the players in the industry. Is that, uh, uh, there's this guy who just came back from overseas, capital markets overseas. Mm-hmm. He said, I just, John, I'm just curious, uh, how come there's only about less than 20 ETFs in Malaysia? <laughs> 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 Don't talk about long short, no, just, just talk about ETF markets, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a struggle. Uh. Yeah, okay, okay, man. Okay, yeah. look, last question, right? Um, um, I know, part two. <laughs> yes, we have a part two, yeah. but oh. I, I have to ask both of you, we'll start with Derek, right? Mm. I know many lessons you've learned in investing, right? Mm. But for our listeners, right, who might be interested in getting into investing and all that, are uh, already investors. What you what would you say is the single biggest lesson that you learned? Maybe unique to yourself. Keep learning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep learning. Yeah. Fair That's enough. what I I think is the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. I think in the face of the this world markets, you got to be a really humble person. Yeah. I can tell you that the market will always bring surprises, mm. and then you will never know when is the end of the you know of the mania and also of the this kind of crash, mm. right? You always thought that by calculation, you know, by by looking at your analytical work, you know, that you are so sure. confident. Yeah. Yeah. Your model sure. is perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You know, wow, yeah. I know uh, based on the history, this and that, and yeah. like, you can always overshoot and, yeah. you know, undershot. Yeah. You so always yeah. get the new lows and new highs, right? Correct, yeah. Very so close, that yeah. is when actually the, the, the shock that you have to be ready to, yep. you know, to face, yeah. That's, I, I think that uh, we have come across so many times, right? In the Asian financial crisis, mm. right? Dot-com bubble. Mm. Then you have the great recession, yeah. right? 2008. I, I just follow on that. Do you have a specific moment where your, let's say your expectations were blown out of the water totally? Do, um, do you have one, one yeah. instance? You, you see, the, uh, I was not caught in the Asian financial crisis yeah. because at that time, in the early days, I didn't get to manage money yet. Mm. Right, the first four years, I didn't get to really manage serious money yet. So the really first time when I started management was 1998 onwards. Right, that was a time that I got a good bottom. Mm. Right, the market came down 80 something percent. Mm. So it was a uh, easy money to be made because when you have crashed down to the rock bottom, mm. that low. Anything you close your eyes, you also make some money, mm. right? Yeah. So that at that time, uh, another b- great investment that we made was that we bought a lot of MPI and Unisam at that time. Wow. <laughs> it was like a four five bagger just within that one year, two years mm. that period of time. You know, mm. that was the quickest in terms of that uh, bounce back. Yeah, I, I thought that we'll never see that again. Uh, you know, mm. but until the you know after the COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 COVID that was a straight line. Yeah, <laughs> that one's also another one. Yeah. yeah. So that that was the 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 the, the easy money and um, we saw the dot-com bubble right came down we thought that 
it maybe it's a small bubble, mm. right? Maybe yes, there's excess, uh, excessive valuation problem, and then we thought that you know the even a website can 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 sell you know for <laughs> billions of ringgit. You know that time everybody yeah. rushing to start a website. So this is all the uh, uh, the behavior during the mania and the crashes, right? So the more you see them happening and repeating, of course, they are always different. different. Mm. But you never underestimate how crazy people can become, mm. right? Yeah. So that's why the greed and the fear. I think I never get to appreciate it until I see so many crashes mm. and the mania, the greed and the fear, right? Yeah. So that 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 two emotions. Right, exemplified really all of us, mm. all the participants. Right, these included, not just retail. Same. Right? Yeah, exactly. we're all human. Yeah, human. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we are all human, <laughs> right? Fund managers are human too, mm. right? And all of us make mistake. All of us underestimated a lot of things too, right? Yeah. So, how bad this, how bad this uh, this uh, bear market is going to be? Mm. Let's wait and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. this is going to be a, uh, I think that it's going to be the my last. I think. For my career, so to say. Wow! So wow! I think so. I think this is going to be the biggest in wow. my career. I think this is a good, like uh, you know, a good ending to all the <laughs> pressures that we see. This is going to be the one of the biggest, definitely. It cannot so be a small one. We need to find out more in part, uh, yeah. two. part two. Hopefully, the crash haven't come yet, so you can talk <laughs> about. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> next time, maybe we'll share with you more of our our research and studies. Then. Oh no, yes, we would yes. love to. We, we would love, love to. to. We haven't even touched base on that. I I I don't know about the audience, I definitely got yeah, that a lot. Absolutely. Did you enjoy the chat? Did you both enjoy sure. the chat? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have to grill Derek more in the next Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can grill him on the micro side. Ah, yes. Okay. Micro sure, side. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, thank yeah. you so much for yeah. coming on the podcast. We will now let you go. Mm. And uh, guys, for those of you listening, definitely, I, I bet with you, you know, 99%, you've got a lot of value out of this. And if you did, please share it with your friends. Of course, as usual, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify and things like that. And we will see you in the next podcast. Thank you, Scott and Derek. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you.